Welcome to the Homestead Podcast. You are joining co-hosts Carol and Jamie of TwoGalsHomesteading.com. If you found yourself here, that means you are ready to take responsibility for what you eat, your family's health, and your family's well-being while living a simpler life. You can do this and have fun, saving money along the way. Let them help you unleash the homesteader within. By doing more with less, you will gain what is needed to create confidence, impact, and change in your life and the lives around you. Let's start homesteading, let's start now. We'd like to give a special thank you to PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Carol. So here we are. Uh, Jamie, what's going on in your kitchen? Um, not not anything excitingly special or new, but um, did make the crackers. I think I perfected that cracker recipe. Yep, with your sourdough. With my sourdough starter and the recipe that we got from Kelsey. Yeah. And come to find out that when she joined us last week, that um, that is out of Jill Winger's cookbook. They are really turning out nice. Yeah. yeah. To, to, you know, and they're not hard either. They're, you know. Yeah, they're crispy like a cracker. Cookie, a cracker yep. and stuff. And, they, and they're not hard. Um, they do take a little bit of time because you um, divide. A one batch makes, you divide it in four and so you can roll them really thin. And so so you basically have four cookie, four stones of crackers. But it makes a huge container of crackers. And how long do they keep, or are they usually gone within a couple um, days? They're and... gone within a few days. Okay. I think the longest I kept them was probably three or four days. And this time of year, they don't get soggy. In the summertime, right. I'd have to put them in a jar and vacuum pack them so that they don't get soggy. Because in the summertime, they would get soggy in our house. Because we don't have an air conditioner, and so they would get the humidity would... Yeah, that happens to yeah. crackers over here too. Regardless if they're homemade or otherwise, yeah. it, it it's just living in Minnesota with humidity is just one yeah, of those things. In the summer, you always you're always fighting the humidity in the summertime for food quality. Last night, um, I had made um, cowboy candy back in the fall, and I had six cups of the syrup left over, and I was like, it's not quite thick enough for jelly, and I thought, well, we'll throw this in the crock pot in the after after lunch and let it simmer all afternoon and then I'd come home and can it for jelly. Well, it went a li- little past the jelly stage and it's candy. It's really sticky, much thicker than a than a um than honey. Maybe like a really cold honey is okay. what it's like. And so and and so but it tastes good. So I'm calling it jalapeno candy. And so I, I liked it. I took I had a you know like a little spoonful of it at lunchtime. It was good. Hot Hot. Well, you know, if yeah. you had a runny nose, they'd open your nose right up. <laughs> it's like mm, so. Yeah. Then you just you just canned it then. Yeah, or, I just okay. canned it in jelly jars, not yeah. knowing how thick it was going to get. Oh, okay. If I had known it was going to that thick, um, I have small ice cube trays. You know, you could have made candy. You know, oh, like a hard. Candy. Yeah, like a hard candy. Okay. I think that would would work really good for it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Did you make notes in your prairie planner about that so that you remember next time that might happen? No, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. write something down yeah, so you remember write it how down. You did yeah, because yeah, you know sometimes those errors sometimes you know yeah. yeah you know you come up with something that's yeah. that's really fantastic. So I'll have to like I know I've seen like little gummy trays or mm-hmm. molds and stuff. I'll have to get some candy molds or something and maybe try, try that, that next fall. Yeah. Yeah, that might be kind of fun to see if you can make a 
Interesting candy. Yeah, I told my daughter about it. She goes, oh, her husband, she goes, oh, Rafi would like some of that because he likes hot uh-huh. hot food. Yep, yep. And so it's like, mm, yeah, we'll pass that on to him, some of that. Well, might make a good dip of some sort, maybe. It's a, it's, it's really, well, it's the one I tried to, quite. it was in the refrigerator, and so it was really thick, and I think it's mm-hmm. cold. For, but if it was warm, thinking maybe like with a pretzel or something, maybe. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That would be too hot of a dip for me. Yeah, I'm not you, a jalapeno person, so yeah, that no, wouldn't work I'm like, for me. I didn't bring any out here because I don't, <laughs> nope, they won't like it. <laughs> it won't work. Rich Rich will do some hot stuff, and Madison will too, but not a whole lot. But yeah, uh, no, that would be a hard pass for me. <laughs> Anything else? No, you'd just be, oh, no, I know what else. Um, cooking frozen meat in the Instant Pot. You learned that this week. Yeah. I'm like going, it's like, mm, what's for lunch? Mm, let's have tacos. Oh, everything's frozen. Well, so I'd, I'd read and I had picked up cookbook at the library that was talking about cooking food from frozen. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, the worst you could do is wreck it. And it's like, and so I think I cooked like a two and a half pound roast for at 60 minutes. And it was still not quite, you know, shreddable. Okay. And so then I cut it, took it off, cut it in chunks, and did another ten minutes. So I put all the spices in it. So I put the roast in there, put put uh, a cup of water, and then I made up my taco spice that I make, and I threw that on top of it, and I pressure cooked it for the hour. Pulled it out, cut it in chunks, and then did another ten minutes. And so then it was shred really nicely, and we used it to make tacos. So I do frozen meat in my Instapot all the time because I is not a planner. And so it's like, oh dear, what do we have? And so I, I cook from frozen quite often. And the Instapot is really handy for that. Yeah. It really is. I do a lot of roast that way. I've done chicken that way. But chicken chicken in the Instapot isn't like chicken in the oven. Yeah, I was going to say the skin would be... Yeah, yeah. You're you're making chicken as a more of an ingredient than, you know, like a roasted chicken. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. But it works... And it makes a beautiful broth when you do it that way. Yeah. Although I prefer to do my broth when I make bone broth and stuff, I prefer to do it in a crock, crock pot. pot. Um, but I get a real nice gel on my, my chicken broth. And, and my, I, guess I should say when I make a chicken, I get nice gelled broth. And the same thing with roast. I get a really nice bone broth off yeah. of that. But I'd rather... I'd rather do it in a crock pot. And you know, and your house doesn't, I've heard some people say doing it in the crock pot, your house will smell. Mm-hmm. But I don't notice a smell from your bone broth when you come in the house. So. Yeah, because now I have a, I have a crock pot that's running almost all winter long with bone broth in it because we use beef broth so much in the house. It's part of, it's part of Chastity's diet. And so I use it quite routinely. And right now I'm in between batches right at the moment. My crock pot's sitting there empty. Oh, okay. Waiting for the next um, batch to go in. But I have it sitting there and I, mm, about seven to 10 days and then I switch it out. Make a new batch. Yeah, I make a new batch. That's um, how I do it. But just sits there. And as I take out, I just add more water. And for chastity, I don't need to do any salting or peppering or anything like that. But if I'm going to consume it, then I add little bit of spices and stuff to it but she doesn't need that yeah because she she doesn't taste it so um i it is straight bone broth for her and i do put apple cider vinegar in there to help pull um, the pull the nutrients out of the bones and stuff like that but um yeah i just refill as i take two cups out i put two cups of water back in um it works pretty good and um some people cook it until the bones just crumble and i have done that but i don't like that with going through her feeding tube yeah i don't like the 
that gravelly stuff. Well, now I've seen, um, I think it was some Facebook group, they talked about after the bone broth is that they dried the bones and then pulverized them and fed them to their chickens? Or did they use could it? Could be. Or they used it in their garden, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Bone yeah, that, yeah mo- making bone meal, yep. And stuff, um, so. Yeah, I an- don't... I, I've never done that. Yeah, I've, some people say they give it to their dogs, but I'm not sure. You know, just throw the bone to the dog after you've yeah. made the broth. And I just, I don't do that. I don't do that when we pressure cook anything because I just, I'm afraid yeah, I, that it... It would get lodged in yep, their throat. Yeah, and so we don't do that. Um, if dogs get bones, they get raw bones Yeah, um, that have not been cooked. But... Um, anyway, so you had a new experience there with the yeah. frozen meat thing. Yeah. You'll do it again? Yeah, because this book said, even if like you're doing steaks or something, is that to um, pressure cook them and then sear them, you know, to either mm-hmm. broil them or put them in a cast iron skillet okay. afterwards to get the the fried look. Mm-hmm. You know, my only, my thinking would be that you'd have to be careful so you didn't overcook it. Yeah. If you're going to do a steak or yeah, something. Yeah, I am not a steak person. I yeah. don't, I can't make a steak to save my life that <laughs> tastes good. Or that isn't chewy or whatever. I, I've i never perfected yeah. that. Um, but I never thought about putting it in the Instapot. That I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you have to read that. Yeah, read maybe. Read more about that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well... Anything else in your kitchen? No, just yeah. besides, you know, making meals. and yep. Yeah, in my kitchen, I haven't been doing a whole lot extra either. I do have cream cheese sitting on the counter over there right now. I just I just added the culture when you got here. Yep. Um, and so that'll be hanging tonight. Is that one where you have to keep it at a certain temperature? Yeah, you're supposed to keep it at about 86 degrees. And that's a little tricky for me to keep it I right see. there. So lots of times I leave it, I leave it culture longer. Oh, just okay. because my kitchen's kind of cool. Especially this and, time of year. Yep. And if I put it in the oven with the light on, it's too warm. Oh. And so the overnight thing gets kind of weird and it, our house cools down at like nine o'clock at night. So, yeah. but, so I just kind of leave it sit there. I put a, maybe to wrap a towel around it or whatever, and then I'll just deal with it in the morning. So I, I leave it set for more like 18 hours versus 12 hours. The recipe says 12 hours, but um, we'll see. I'll see what it looks like before I go to bed tonight, and then I'll decide if I'm going to drain it then, because then it hangs again. Now there's six to 12 hours. Oh, okay. When so it it's drains. A two day, two to three day process. It can be, yeah. But, you know, it works. It's good. And I've used up almost my 12 pounds, 12 pounds of. Well, that's that, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I started giving it to Chastity um, as her fat additive to her diet. And um, that works really well because it blends up really nice with her food. Because typically, do you put milk in her food? Yes. Okay. I use I use milk or milk kefir. I use yogurt. You know, I use dairy with her anyway. And okay. So, and normally I use um, avocados as her fat. And I'm like, well, I got all this cream cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah. So why save not save yourself a little money? Yep. Save a little bit, and I can I can give that to her. And so even though avocados are on sale right now. Oh well, I don't get to town real often. No, you, know? you don't. <laughs> and they don't last long on the counter. I mean, yes. you, you might get a week out of them on the counter if yep. they're green green when you green, buy them. Green, yep. So I just thought this was easier. I, it's something I already have, and I yep. don't have to futz with the avocados. Although I know avocados are really good for you. Yeah. So you hear that, Rich? They're really good for you. 
he doesn't like guacamole. He doesn't like that. Um, and then uh, we'll be starting probably another batch of feta cheese. Yes, from, I have not received my because I did order um, a cheese kit from Culture Food, Culture for Health. And, but I have not received that, and I'm sure the storm is part of the reason. Yes, I'm sure things are slowed down. And then we get the holidays in there, and yeah. you, everything gets kind of messed up. I know they took an extra day because yeah, New were, Year's was on Sunday. Yeah, so everything then, was closed on Monday. Well, yep. So, yeah, but uh, um, I was going to make cheese today. That was my plan. But I had caught extra, saved extra milk to make start feta today. But I had two people call me and want milk. So... My extra milk went out to customers today, so and that and that's fine. There's oh, nothing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I always try again. You know, yep. it's, it's not a big deal. It's not like the cows are going to suddenly stop milking on me here. So and I've got plenty of milk. So we'll uh, be doing the feta cheese again. Your family really liked it. Oh yeah, I know Rich liked it. I was okay with it. I would still rather eat cheddar cheese, but that's just me. Well, I'd eat all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. Um, on New Year's Eve when we were here, we did um, season some of it. Yes. We put some dill and garlic powder, garlic powder, powder. I think, in there. Dill weed and garlic powder. And you kind of just winged it. Yeah, I just, I think, I think I did a she half. It's like grandma. Yeah, I, I probably <laughs> did a teaspoon of dill and then a half a teaspoon of garlic, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I really don't know and how much. And it was much... probably maybe a little too much garlic, but yeah, it was still I don't tasty. Know, but I don't know how much cheese was actually in that bowl. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Because we didn't no. think to, you know, maybe Measure, weigh it or something. Measure? Try to fi- figure something Ma- out. You're uh, winging it. No kidding. So next time we'll probably try to make try a recipe. To, yeah, try to make a recipe and try to figure actually out. Because I still have some of okay. the plain left. Okay. Are you thinking about adding some different seasoning to that? Um, or um, not. <laughs> or not. Because um, that's pretty much, you know, if I'm going to make ranch type stuff, that's still garlic and onion. I'll have to look at my, you know, I have gobs of spices. Yeah. Maybe an Italian spice. Because that's what I put in those crackers. Oh, that's right. It was an Italian spice. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, and that, those crackers go really good with the feta cheese. Oh, yeah. The plain feta too. Yeah. Yeah, just plain feta Mm -hmm. with those crackers. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a pretty good combination there. And all homemade. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So, yeah. So, there was no, like, because a lot of times we'll eat. We go out to a restaurant or something or go to somebody's house and it's like, and we eat what's provided or what's, what somebody's brought and we'll get home. It's like, "Mm, there must've been something, some preservative in something there that we ate or drank. Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Mm, that's not feeling really good. Yep. Or I'll taste, a lot of times I'll taste it, especially if it's an MSG type thing, I'll taste it in my mouth. But the next day I will be, you know, I will retain water. It makes me retain water. Okay. So, like, no taking your rings off or anything like that. Okay. I think we'll take a break, and we'll hear from our friends over at PicoSupply.com. Family-owned PicoSupply.com brings small-town customer service to their online farm store. PicoSupply.com specializes in automatic waterers from top brands such as Mirico, Jug, Franklin, Trojan, and Ritchie, as well as other products for your operation. Find your farm supplies and automatic waterers at PicoSupply.com. That's P-E-T-E-C-O-Supply.com. PicoSupply. And we're back. Okay, the only other thing I was going to add was that in the midst of our storm that just passed through here, 
is that uh, we had a horse tip over. One and of your ponies? One of, one of Madison's miniature horses. Um, I just happened to help a milk customer, because my milk customers still come, whether the weather is terribly bad or not. I that's thought why, about that. I was that, like, are they coming in this? Can they get in the yard? <laughs> that's why Rich is cleaning the driveway, as they still come. And um, I had helped her, and I thought, oh, I forgot to feed the cats, because Madison happens to be in Mexico right now. And so I have to take over her chores, and one of the chores is feeding the cats. And when I remember to feed the kitties... I get it done at least once a day, but I happened to go in and um, I fed the cat, played with the calf that's recovering in there. And I turned around and I looked in the goat pen and I looked out the door that goes into their yard. And I was like, well, why is Flick's head upside down on the snow? And, and she's a black horse. And so it's easy to oh, tell. Spot her. Yeah, to spot her. And I was like, what is she doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, she is, she is literally laying flat on her back with her feet feet straight in the air. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, oh, so um, Madison has Jimmy rigged, whatever you want to call her gating system in there. So I'm like trying to get into the pen. Then I actually look again and I'm like, there's so much snow in that doorway that I don't think I could get through it without being covered in snow, trying to get out of the barn through there. So I'm like, I gave up on the gate and I ran around and went through, I cried, crawled over the um, cattle panels and I tried to help Flicka get back up and I am not strong enough um, to, to help her. I didn't have the leverage I needed to get her turned. Let alone in the snow. Yeah. And I was like, well, she hasn't, she hasn't, she isn't covered in snow, but it's like, you know, third degrees outside. So it's probably melting on her anyway. And I looked and then she's got a lot of horse manure behind her. So she's been there for a little while and she's kicking, she's trying to help me. And I was like, this isn't going to work. So I jumped back out of the pen. Well, crawled back out of the pen. Yeah. I really didn't jump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and run through the snow, fell down at least once, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get up back up to the house. Because, of course, I left my cell phone in the house. Otherwise, I would have just called, called Rich, Rich and come into the house and um, told Rich she needed help or whatever. And so he went out there. He, he was way ahead of me because he can move faster than I can. And, yeah, he simply just grabbed one of her legs and pulled it across her, and she popped right up for him. But I think he's got better leverage than I do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I went back out there. I looked, and she was she must have laid down to scratch her back because the horses go down and yep. they, just yep. like a dog. Yep. And um, she w- was literally in a rut. There is a rut. You could tell where she had been laying, and she's... I don't, she's pregnant right now. Oh. And so I don't know. I think Madison thought she was probably due in maybe April. And so she's she's pretty wide and she's very short. She's a short horse. And so she's very wide. And I, so, <laughs> so these are ponies. These, I mean, these yeah. are miniature horses, not yeah. ponies. Oh. You know, Madison will have your oh. head on a platter oh. if you call them ponies. They are not ponies. They, they are called true. called them pony when I was a kid. <laughs> they are true miniature horses. Okay. And so she's pretty wide. Oh. And so, but she recovered. And I, cause as I'm texting, texting Matt, I said, okay, now we found her. She seems to be okay. She's standing up. What do I need to watch for? Because in a cow, in that situation, we're dealing with bloat and all kinds yeah. of bad things can happen with a cow, but horses must be a little bit different. And, um, she's like, well, just watch her make sure she isn't kicking or biting at her stomach, you know, at her side. Oh. And then you might have to, you know, she might be suffering from colic. That was the thing we we're watching for, but she's she seems just fine. She was e- up eating and within a couple hours after the incident, but and then she's fine yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, so that's very scary. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know you try to help and you can't, and then I don't waste a lot of time if I I make the effort once and I know there's somebody else on the farm that's stronger than me. 
I don't waste my time standing there trying to help her when I know I'm probably not going to accomplish anything but waste time. And so those are things that happen on the farm that, you know, and it was just, it was just one of those things that just happened to spot her. I mean, she could have been laying there until evening chores. Yep. You know, um, so. Until um, you came out to check, yeah, feed them or whatever. Yeah, whatever, you know, so it's, it, it makes it interesting sometimes out here. But just thought I would share that with with you. Um, and that's just one of yeah. those things. Yeah, it's one of those things on a farm. You yep. know, I watched a YouTube video, something, and they're talking about, you know, death of farm animals. I mean, it's a, it's a part of life when you're on the farm. I remember mm-hmm. that living on a farm mm-hmm. as a kid and stuff. It's like. Yeah, there's always, you know, every now and then you'd have an animal that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, where there's life, there's death. Yeah. You know, so, and, and animals don't last forever, you know. Yeah. And But it was, it's okay, she's fine. Flicka seems just fine. And um, the That's biggest thing for me is that it's not my animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And these things always happen when Madison's gone. I don't know what to do. Yeah, where you can't <laughs> call her and go, hey, Madison. <laughs> but anyway, so that was a little excitement and... Uh, um, for us in the midst of our weather event that we had going on. But Flicka seems fine, and um, I'm sure she will be just... just. We'll have another baby, yeah, baby first. Ha- yeah, she'll have a horse here. have to bring the grandkids out when she yes, has her cold. Yeah, when she has her baby. So what about getting on to our topic today? Yes. Since we had this second weather event here in about two and a half weeks, so I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about what we do as homesteaders to prepare when we have a, we'll, we'll call it a winter event because uh, summer storms are different. Yeah, totally. You uh, yep, don't prepare yep. quite for... Not quite like you do for a winter storm. Yeah. So this one wasn't too bad. So, um, but the one before that, we had the really cold um, the temperatures zero. and the high winds and that type of thing. And um, I'm not sure what you all do in town as you prepare because it's a little different. Yes, totally. F- you know, um, I'm pretty much food wise and water wise. I'm always kind of prepared. I mean, I have a supply of water, you know, I have gallon jugs that I rotate for either be filling humidifiers, um, our CPAP machines. And then, um, we have, uh, you know, a water dispenser at the shop that I fill that five gallon jugs and I, fill them in our rinse, clean them, sanitize them at home and refill them with our reverse osmosis. So I buy the jug and then I just reuse it and reuse it. And, um, so that, and besides going out and I check the propane, you know, make sure, especially I know when, you know, I have it filled in the fall and I know sometime in December it's going to need to be filled depending on what kind of temperatures we've had. I checked it before the storm, uh, before Christmas and I was at 40%. And then we went through that and when they started talking about snow again, I thought, um, I better check it again. And so Bob waited out there. <laughs> In that four-foot drift. Well, no, the four-foot drift, <laughs> oh. drift wasn't there oh, yet. Oh, okay. It was still, <laughs> it was still below his boots then. So he, he goes, oh, we're at 19%. And it's like, okay, I need to call them. So mm-hmm. I called them Tuesday. And, you know, that's when I was like going, mm, are they going to get out here? Can they get back there? <laughs> and stuff. And so, yeah, he made it back there. Okay, that's good. Because actually, because it's like, where he they drag the hose between our garage and our storage shed, and I, and that's kind of where snow ends up getting piled mm-hmm. off our yard. And I'm like, mm, can he get through there? He must have. Oh, that's good because you got heat. <laughs> yeah, we got heat. Yeah, we got a full <laughs> tank, so I'm good until February or March, depending on what kind of temperatures we have. Okay. So that's besides that, I'm pretty much you know I always have 
a supply of food. I have freezer fulls. I have a pantry full besides, you know, maybe like eggs or maybe bread um, that I would run out of. But running out of bread's not a big deal when you can make bread. Yeah. If I had to, I'd pull out my old trusty bread machine or make it by hand. Yeah, well, you've got sourdough. And then I have sourdough. But sourdough, if you needed bread now... Doesn't work. No, you you need to think... <laughs> Because I thought, oh, I need bread. Because actually, I thought I, we used the last of the sourdough, and I'm like, oh, I need to take my starter out and warm it up and get it going again. So I'll make a. Because last time I made like four loaves and threw it in the freezer. Oh, so you could take a little break. Yeah, so yep. I didn't have to be on it daily, and so, so now I've used those four loaves, and now it's like, okay, now I've got to make bread again. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of nice to have some of those homesteading type skills. Yes. When you're dealing with weather events and stuff like that, where, you know, you know, I suppose if you lose electricity, that might affect how you can bake your bread, but. Oh, no. Well, baking. um, Yes, because my oven is ran by a thermostat, but Mm -hmm. um, I have a gas stove so I can cook in a storm. That's the reason I, because I, when we bought this house, it had electric and we put gas in it. Because it's like, well, when the power goes out, I can still cook. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we have our house is is set up for. Um, we have both. We have gas. My stove is gas. My ovens are electric. And um, we do have a gas fireplace, but we also have electric heat in our house. We have a LP yes. furnace. So if for some reason, you know, we ran out of fuel, we can always do the electricity. Now, if we lose electricity then the furnace does not run yeah and neither neither does the electric heat of course wouldn't run so we do have generators out here and we have one that can actually run the entire farm runs off of a tractor so we still need fuel for the tractor but um it's i think rich calls it a pto generator we've never had to use it thank goodness we've never had to do that we're pretty lucky out here um even when electricity goes out, it's not out for very long. No. Don't, I mean, I know another farm that um, their electricity goes out, and it might be days before it gets fixed. Oh. Yeah, and um, and he milks cows. And so he runs a tractor to run his barn so he can get his cows milked. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, we're with a different electric company than he is. He's not that far from us, but um, it's amazing to... Yeah, see the different companies and Mm -hmm. stuff. Now, last spring's bad storm that we had was the first time that we'd gone. We were without electricity 18 hours. And then at our business, it was a good 24, if not longer, Mm -hmm. that we were out without without electricity. And so, yeah, we have, we have, my husband tells me we have generators. (laughs) Actually, in that storm, though. You were over here. He came and borrowed one of your little ones (laughs) to run our... um, Freezers, I think he sometimes he said something about saving his bacon. Yeah, that would probably be refrigerator freezers and stuff like yeah. that. But in the winter time, yes, we'd have to have a generator for our um, furnace. And he did he did buy a after that storm he did said he got something okay. because we do have a motorhome and our motorhome has a generator. But like in that storm, and uh, it would be in this storm too to get it out because we park it for the winter time. And right now it's probably got a snowbank in front of it. Probably. Yeah. So, granted, we have a bobcat that um, could move that snow, and it would be easy, easier to get it out now with the frozen ground than in that rainstorm. In the spring, yeah. Because in the rainstorm, yeah. they buried buried the axle. Yeah, I bet they did. And they had to have a 
big truck come over, a payloader or something, come pull it out and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we have we have several small generators around here. We have a Furman generator, and we also have an Equifull Delta. Now those are smaller units. Yep. One is gas powered, and the other one is solar. And so you could bring the little one in and do the furnace. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I I don't know. You know, we've never been faced with that, so yeah. I really don't know. But I do know that they are here and they are a backup for us. But let's see, what else? You ever deal with frozen water pipes? No, we have not. You know, we've lived in this house 27 years and not have, haven't had to deal with that. Yeah, I was going to say, because this house, now we've had this house since... 2012. This is the, her first house I've ever lived in that hasn't had frozen water pipes. Oh. We've never had frozen water pipes in this house, but I remember as a kid, my dad going down into the crawl space of our, our home and having to thaw water pipes oh. on a regular basis. Every house Rich and I have lived in has had frozen water pipes um, at some point. And so that, you know, leaving the water faucet dripping and yeah. all those things, you know, and it's like, I've never had to do that in this house. And it's kind of cool yeah. <laughs> not to have to worry about that because when we lived in the trailer house out here, Rich was thawing out water pipes all the time because they froze. Yeah. You know, just that's just in the nature. Trailer, that's yep. the nature of a trailer house. Yeah, it is. But I mean, I'm thinking, but our house in Raymond, we had frozen water pipes there. Oh. Not all the time. It wasn't too bad. But if it got really, really cold, yes, we did. Now, I know there was one year um, we didn't have a whole lot of ground snow cover and the city was um, having issues with water mains freezing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so if if the water main went across a street, which ours did, <laughs> um, then um, they were having you um, leave something running. So ours was we left the toilet run. Talk about drive you insane. <laughs> I, I, for three months, we left the toilet drip, you know, so that, you know. Oh, the, wow. Because and they thankfully they prorated our water bill for us. Oh, I would hope so. And stuff. And I know one lady in town that she, her pipes froze, and they had a hose running from her neighbor's house over to her house. Wow. Yeah. Because I know they had some problems with Wilmer having some frozen water pipes. Some of their main lines freeze yep. a few winters ago. I don't remember how long ago it was. It was probably four or five years um, ago. But yeah. But I mean, and when it's the city, that really affects yeah. a lot of people now. Yeah. Um, out here, we're lucky on our farm. We have a, a fairly updated water system because we had to put in a sewer, a well and sewer when we moved out here to meet code. Yeah. But I have a friend who has a old, she lives on, she rents. She actually rents this little farm site and this old farmhouse right She still has a well that's underground. And so when it starts to get cold, she has to go down into the well hole and put heat in there and oh, wow. all kinds of stuff. So she doesn't have frozen water in her house. And so, you know, there's a lot of farms that have, um, old. what do they call them? Well pump or well houses. Yeah. And stuff. I remember our grandparents had one yep, on their I have, farm. I have friends out by Lake Lillian that, not you say that, yes, they yep. put hay bales yep, around it. Yep, they put straw bales around it and cover winter. it. And, yep, try to keep it warm. I remember my grandparents had, you know, extra stuff stashed around it to try and keep it warm or whatever. And But um, we're lucky out here. We, like I said, we have everything is updated out here, so we don't have to worry about that type of yeah. thing. Other than that, what else do we do as. That would apply to both of us. I'm. I don't see anything else on my list. No, you know, snow removal. We both, you know, I live in the city, and most of the time, the city can 
move it, but uh, the snowplow was broke. And so that, you know, getting around town was a little, um, until today was kind of hairy. You know, granted, we have a bobcat, so we can, um, like our business, we clean out our business and stuff. And then Bob cleans out her house. Yeah, but you still got to get around. Yeah. You know, you got to get to your business. Well, (laughs) we're fortunate we live on a county road, the county road that we live on. Oh, yeah. And so um, the county road is, it's one of the first roads cleaned. Nice. So so we got the, you know, I'm only two blocks from Highway 12. So the, the, the county or the state cleans that. And then the county cleans the road to the east of our house. That mm-hmm. we you know, so the east road, north and south road on the east side of our house runs. So you just got to get to that road. I just I, I have, to, <laughs> I have like the length of our house, and I've got I, then I'm on a county road, and it's, but but getting that far was pretty hairy <laughs> I was yesterday. Say, sometimes that could be that was far pretty, enough. <laughs> yeah, that, but then you guys. Out come here. On. You have lots of snow yeah. out here. <laughs> yeah, and we have a tendency to have a drift that goes right across our driveway. And yeah, it sometimes it's, is 20 feet long. Not high, but long, 30 but feet. Out there, I bet it, I bet it's two feet deep. And I bet it's at least that, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so it takes a while to clean it out and be able to move around out here. As far as, you know, our homestead... Or what we do out here when it comes to the animals, you know, we not only have to worry about the humans, we have to worry about all the animals that are also in our care. One of the things we do, um, I talk about our dairy cows a lot because they're probably the most important animal we have out here. Um, I did do a recording the other night um, about our bedding pack. Cows are housed outside and they do not, they do not have access to a barn. They only come into our milking facility for milking and then they go back outside. So we have to take extra precautions to make sure that they're safe during a storm. And so we have bedding packs and those bedding packs do move around the farm depending on which way the storm's coming from, um, what direction the wind is blowing, that type of thing, because we do use the natural um, resources we have out here for wind breaks some of the stuff that Rich's dad's left behind also works for, for windbreaks. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's not so bad to collect a few pieces yeah. of junk, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but they do. They do work really well. We have some um, old equipment out here, and um, we bed the cows behind those when the oh, wind is blowing yep. in a certain direction. And it works really, really well. The storm we had right before Christmas, I didn't even have any drifts to walk out to my cows. That's how sheltered they were. Yes, oh. they got snowed on but it wasn't blowing around and it's the blowing that's the problem, not so much the snow, the blowing and the cold. And um, so we do the heavy bedding. So Rich puts down straw at least daily for them during a storm. Any cow that's close to calving is either is moved. We either put her in our sick cow bay or um, tunnel or she gets moved into the calf barn. And our calf barn isn't necessarily really set up great for a cow, but for temporary housing, we could just put the, yeah, put her in the alleyway. A, yeah, you don't have a lot of extra space in your calf barn. No, we don't, but we also have small cows. Yeah. So that helps. Oh, yeah. You know, our, our roof is pretty low in that barn, but um, our cows are fairly small. So it, it works. You don't want to have her in there for several days because cows poop a lot. Um, (laughs) and so you know she just gets moved in there and usually a moo call gets put on her tail so that i can be alerted to anything although our moo calls right now are are being um, upgraded so we don't have moo calls but i don't have any cows do i was smart this year and decided we're not having any babies in 
December, no late December into, we shouldn't have calves until late April, I think. Oh. So we should be pretty good unless somebody surprises me for something, for some reason. Let's see, what else do we do? Um, oh, I, I actually put a salve on all my cows that are in milk or close to calving. I'll do it for them too. I use uh, Dr. Sarah's Savvy Utter Salve, I believe is what it's called. And I put that on everybody's teats that's milking. Is this something you buy or do you make yeah, it? Yeah, I, bu- I buy it. But after talking with Kelsey, <laughs> um, I'm going to probably make my own because I don't necessarily need all the stuff that's in Dr. Sarah's um, Utter Salve. I mean, it's a great product. It works really well for healing teats and, and that type of thing. But I don't need that stuff. I just need something that is a protective coating on there. And I have found that using a salve versus a lotion because you don't want to put water on them. No. So I want something that is is all oils and, and you know, she's got a lot of stuff. There's a lot of extra stuff in there, a lot of different essential oils that I don't need because I don't need those healing qualities. I just need a protective barrier. Yeah. Um, so I'll be making salve for them. My shea butter just came from Amazon here in the course of this weather thing. Storm. Yes. <laughs> and so I'll be making some of that and using that and then saving my Savvy utter salve for when, when I have chapped teats or I actually have somebody who does get frostbite because that's why I'm covering their teats because I don't want them to get frostbite or at least try to lessen the chances. I mean, cows, they lay down in their own manure. They lay down in their own pee, you yeah. know, type thing. And so sometimes you can't prevent everything, but at least I can keep it as mild as possible. And, you know, the wind chill is probably the biggest thing. And if we've got them positioned correctly on the bedding pack and stuff, we can pretty much control that. But every once in a while, it still happens. Um, And then the other thing we do check is make sure that all our waterers are working. We do have Richie waterers out here. Thank you, PeakCoSupply.com, because that's where we purchased ours. We always make sure those are all working because they they have heaters in them. And you you do need to make sure that those things are working Working, and that we have water because we've had them freeze up before because a heater went out. And we've had to actually, you know, water with hoses and stuff. And that's a big project um, to get water to the cattle sometimes. So I really love our witchy waters and I just cringe when one isn't working right. (laughs) I remember as a kid carrying buckets in the Mm -hmm. wintertime. Yeah, you know, in our calf barn, we do. We carry water um, to the calves in the the barn because they they don't have water. We have a richy water for those that are old enough that those are that are six months and older, they share a bitchy water with the goats and horses. Oh, okay. Um, but um, the younger ones that are actually penned inside, I'll have to have water brought to them. Oh. But um, let's see. So that's pretty much what I do for our cows. I don't do a whole lot. We just make sure they're fed and, you know, all that stuff. So um, the other animals we have, we have chickens out here. Um, chickens, I make sure there's um, bedding in their coop. And then I always put extra bedding. I use wood chips in their in their uh, nest boxes. And I've been really lucky this year. I haven't had a whole lot of frozen eggs. Oh. And my chickens are still laying. I got 11 eggs yesterday, and I think I got eight or nine today. So I don't know. I don't know why they're still laying like they it must are. must be because like, it's your first year with them. Yes, it's my first year. You talked year. about that. Yeah. That- and, uh, you know, I, I would have to say that that gal is right. The gal from the Little Red Farm, she had mentioned that when the chickens are in their first year of laying, that they have a tendency to lay over the winter. And that's what my chickens are. I, I have, I think, 18 of them, I think, are, are left out there. And they are still laying. Um, they look great. 
Um, and she said that that first year, since they don't molt, and so then they keep laying into the winter. Although I have do have supplemental lightning out there. We do have um, a light comes on at 4.30 in the morning and shuts off at 7. And just to give them that extra right. light. To give them a little more daytime. Yep, give them a little more daytime so they do have that. But other than that, I don't do a whole lot with my chickens. That's probably one of the biggest things I see in groups where people are like, oh, it's going to get down to 20 degrees. Do I need to move my chickens into my garage where it's heated and stuff? And no, you really yeah. don't. Um, 20 degrees is really not that cold. No, you know, when, um, we, when we deal with <laughs> below zero. Yep, yep. And, you know, I mean, there are things, I mean, if you have chickens that have um, combs and big wattles and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yes. You know, those, those things can get frostbite and, and that type of thing. Um, but at 20 degrees, probably not. Now is your coop yep. insulated? No, it is not. Okay. Um, nope. It isn't, it isn't an old reefer, an old reefer truck, a box, I should call it. Um, and I, we at one time stuffed straw into the walls and had chicken wire on it or something. And um, that's all gone. I mean, I've used this chicken coop since probably, I don't know, 2010. Okay. And we're in 23 right now. Um, and so it's been used. I mean, the flooring is just about gone. And the door, I noticed I opened it and one of the hinges isn't quite moving correctly. It's not even really attached to the door anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably going to be looking at having to Ooh. find a, a different coop or a different living arrangement for him. But you know what? It's fairly warm in there. I'm surprised at how warm it is because I have no heat in there. Um, I have a my chicken waterer um, is, is um, just one that keeps it at it has a thermostat on it so it it keeps it from freezing and that's it the water is not warm in there it's just above freezing um and that's that's it i don't i don't i don't baby my chickens too much um their door to their coop is still open they can still go out into their yard if they want to they only go about two two feet (laughs) that's about all the more the snow that is (laughs) that's all they can move around right now that's all they that that they go out for and you know that allows some fresh air I really believe that you should not have anything completely weatherproofed when you have animals in it because the ammonia levels and um, oh, yeah. it, 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 you, you need some airflow in there somehow or another um, to make sure that they can breathe and um, that type of thing. So I, I mean, our calf barn isn't sealed up either. Um, there's doors that are open and stuff so that you got that airflow so that you don't get that heavy, heavy ammonia smelling yeah and stuff oh and then with my chickens i always keep their feeders full and their water full just in case i can't get to them so if when i go out and do my chicken chores everything is full to make sure because they'll last that 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 feed feed and water will last them at least three days if i can't reach them so if you actually get snowed in the house or yep or or the snow gets piled back they're so high yep and i can't get there they 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 will be fine. Yeah, because yep. if you didn't have the bobcat, you would not get back there. I probably wouldn't get back there. Yeah, you know, the hydraulic well, like, froze, you know, a hydraulic hose that was blowing. You know, Rich would Rich could still run the skid steer, but it didn't run very well, and it went through a lot of oil, and that's yeah. not good either. No. Um, but yeah, so that's the one thing I try to make sure that everything's well. Granted, I probably have frozen eggs or whatever, and yeah. but I don't care. I just want to make sure they have food and water. Yeah, so that they live. Yeah, exactly. Um, we do have rabbits out here, and now they're in an enclosure. They're they're actually in a lean-to off of one of our buildings. 
it's pretty easy to usually get to them because it, they, we don't have an actual door on the rabbit tree. Oh, There's okay. just an opening and we have just kind of a wire gatey thing that sits in front of it, which you can just pop up and, and get in there. So that's not such a bad thing because those I can't do anything besides stock up on their feed. Water, they all have crocs for their water and that always freezes. Oh, so, so you really have to take care of the rabbits. So you have to go out there and dump yep. that, knock the ice out. Yep. Or switch them out. Most of the time we just switch them out. Oh, okay. Um, bring them bring in thaw those out while we have fresh ones in there. Oh, okay. We've only got nine rabbits. It's not like it's a huge chore or whatever, but sometimes getting like a lot to... Of ra- that's <laughs> a lot of rabbits in my world. <laughs> but trying to get to the rabbit trees can sometimes be a little bit of a, a challenge with the snow. Yeah. Um, but once you're in there, it's not a big deal. Let's see, what else do we have out here? We have we have horses, goats, and llamas. Oh, yeah. And so... Um, oh, and pigs. And we have pigs. Pigs are also housed outside. They do not have an enclosure whatsoever. I don't even know if they have a calf hut in there anymore. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, they do have one calf hut, but the pigs do not they're use not, it. They're not wise enough to go into <laughs> it. They don't use it, and then it's not enough room for all of them anyway. Yeah. And so Rich usually dumps in um, straw, a bale of straw, or sometimes if we have a hay bale that's gone bad, he'll throw that in there. Oh, and okay. they just pile in there. And oh, I've um, come out there and seen yep, them all barreled yep, They're in. like a big mountain of, yep. of pigs. And they have to be watered and fed, of course, every day because their automatic waters that they have only run in the summertime because we have hoses for those. Oh, okay. So they they um, they always have to be taken care of twice a day as well. We really don't do anything too special with them besides add bedding so that they have something dry to lay on, yep. similar to the cows. As far as the horses, goats, and llamas, the llamas are housed with our billy goats or the male goats, the bucks. And there is a hut in there. There's a calf hut in there, and the llamas don't even use it. They just sit out there in the snow, um, and they just kind of park themselves behind whatever to keep themselves out of the wind. I have some video I took the other day, and I don't know, there's like four or five inches of snow on top of both of the llamas, and they're just sitting there next to the hay bale, just sitting there looking around like it's nothing. I suppose their coat is so warm. Yep, you know, they have fleece. Yep, they stay They stay relatively warm that way and the five goats that are in there all crammed into the into the little goat house. <laughs> the little goat house that Madison has in there for them. Um, they were all in there and they have a water we have they have a huge water tank that we they don't have a Richie water but they have a huge water tank that is filled about once a week. So we just make sure that's full. So, oh and it doesn't freeze? No well, there's a, a there, heat, it, there's heat, a heating okay. there's a heating element in there that Madison okay. has added to that. So there's heat in that particular bucket. She moved her horses in with her goats, and so for these weather things, she moves them out of their pen because they really don't have a place to be out of the weather, and so they get moved into with the goats. And so we just make sure they have those, the goats and the horses just need to have, make sure they have um, hay, and they have part of the Richie water in that pen, and so we just have to make sure the Richie water is working and then they're bedded. And that's about it. Okay. You know, the other things that, the other incidental type things is, we have to make sure we have fuel and skid steer. It yep. happens to be diesel, so we have to make sure that we have the anti-gelling the stuff, the additive to that. Rich backs the uh, skid steer into the barn oh, and yep. then makes sure he has the bucket on there so that he can get out because where he parks that skid steer, the wind <laughs> tends to make a big snowbank right there, and so he can't get out without doing So he has to pre-plan yep. his... his um, next venture out of the building so uh, that's that's the one thing we do now that you say that bob does that too if there's if there's a storm coming he will back the bobcat into one of the stalls at the shop 
so that it's not covered in snow. Yeah. And he doesn't have to dig it out. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Rich doesn't want to have to dig it. He just opens up the yep. garage door and he can go out. Yeah, push, push his way out. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and yeah, that's probably a, the, the biggest things that um, we prepare for out here. You know, the animals still need to be tended. Just about everybody's tended. The only thing that isn't tended twice a day is the rabbits and the chickens. I do chickens once a day and the rabbits are done once a day. But other than that, everybody else is looked in at at least twice a day and maybe more than that, depending on what's going on. I don't have, you know, I don't even have a dog, so I don't even think about that stuff anymore. <laughs> do you have a goldfish? No. No, don't have that don't either. I don't have those anymore either. <laughs> we used to have those at one time, but it was, it was like during the time we had little kids and it was like, um. I don't have time to take care of the kids' homeschool and clean the fish tank. <laughs> so the fish tank the gave. Fish, you didn't get rid of the kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, have, she's thinking I, about I, it. I, had, I had, may have had moments, but, <laughs> but no, the fish tank, fish tank got given away. Yeah, I bet it did. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's... That's everything that was on my list. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we're not, you know, most people, you know, the the grocery stores will be bare during right before a storm. Because I went in after the Christmas storm, I went into the store and there was things that were like the water, the gallon jugs of water was like gone. And I'm trying to think, oh, Kleenex is cold. Season. <laughs> so I like, mm, glad I bought extras. I was just going to replace what was used, but I have some. And so hence why it's good to stock up when it, you don't need them. I yes. don't worry about toilet paper because I have, you know, two packages and when one package is gone, you buy another package. You know, that's the way I've functioned for years. You know, you have two bags of diapers and when one bag is gone, you buy another bag, mm-hmm. you know, that type of philosophy. Because yep. it's like you may not, you don't want to get down to only having two diapers because that's dangerous <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. But that I'm that same way with flour and, you know, my pantry. You know, it's like when you have, when you get to a certain level, you buy then. You don't wait until you've only got a cup of flour in the yep. cupboard. Right, right. You'll be prepared. Yeah, I know. I was in the, I had to go to Wilmer oh, the day the storm started, this last one here on on Tuesday. And yeah. The, yeah, that just reminded me why I do not like to go grocery shopping. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of people in town. And you know how people in Minnesota park oh, yeah. in, a, in the parking yeah. lot when they can't see the lines? Oh, shit. Um. Bob calls it Minnesota parking. <laughs> yeah. Or winter parking. Yeah, it's just crazy. And there was a lot of people in the store. And, you know, there was a, you know, like your fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff was there. But your other things, the bread aisle was kind of empty. The cracker aisle was insanely empty. But, you know, I'm also shopping right after New Year's, and a lot of that stuff might yes. have been used up simply because of people having New Year's parties and yeah. gatherings um, and that type of thing. So I, I did but, go shopping New Year's Eve. And um, one of the crazy ones, the coffee cr- flavored coffee creamers were gone from Aldi's. There was oh. none in the store. And I'm like, okay. Not that that's a big deal in my world. Somebody's going to be traumatized when they can't flavor their coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I was thinking there was something else too, and I thought, oh, that was really weird that that was that was out. But you know, I have Madison does most of my grocery shopping. I don't. You don't get off see the, it. Yeah, I don't see that stuff or whatever. But I was surprised at the price of eggs in the store. Isn't it crazy? Oh, and the sure. price of butter. Yep. I was. Oh, I really, didn't look at butter, but eggs. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've been watching on some of my Facebook stuff and people are talking about how expensive it is. What was it? 60 eggs at Walmart were $27. Oh. Yeah. And my eggs I sell out here, I sell for $6 a dozen. And mine are organically fed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Yeah. You haven't had issues with getting your chicken feed or anything like that, have you? No, I have not. Um, I'm my chickens are pretty efficient, really. I'm surprised at how little food I go through, chicken feed I go through. Um, I actually had kind of budgeted for a lot more, and they don't eat as much as I thought they were, or, or as the average chicken does on the research I had done before I got them. They they eat maybe two thirds, half to two thirds well, of good what for your budget. Yeah. And so, um, I was pleasantly surprised by that. And I don't know if it's because they're hybrid chicken. I have no idea what it would be. Maybe it's the um, food that you're using. Maybe. Yeah. They're not real. They're not big. They're not big chickens, you know, they're not, but I don't know that. I don't know. They just don't eat as much as I thought they would. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very happy to have chickens. I'm glad I made that decision this spring when I yeah. bought them, um, that especially with the price of the eggs in the store, I would much rather have my own, my own eggs, you know, yeah. if you can do that. Yeah. Not everybody can do that, but no. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not feasible for us in town. Yeah. And you know, butter, I looked at butter and gosh, even Walmart butter was like, what was it? $4 and some odd cents for, you know, just plain old salted butter. Yeah. I want butter. to say Aldi's was three, maybe right under $4. Okay. Yeah, I was like, really? Wow, that's that's expensive. Yeah, I don't know how people are doing it. Yeah, if I didn't have a freezer full of meat and frozen vegetables and fruits, yeah, it's like, uh. yeah. or that I had bought flour that so I make the majority of my bread because I haven't looked at bread prices lately. So no, I haven't either. So I honestly don't know um, what it's at, but. I think we kind of covered what we wanted to yes, today. Yes, we and, did. Um, we want to thank you for tuning in to us, listening to our little discussion on how to prepare for a winter storm. Um, we seem to be experts, I guess, on that, living in Minnesota. Um, we can do Minnesota storms. Yes. We'd like to give a special thank you to PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. So until next time. I put some kefir on it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Homestead Podcast's latest episode. Your hosts, Carol Radke and Jamie Kappis, are Two Gals Homesteading. To learn more, go to twogalshomesteading.com or the Two Gals Homesteading Facebook page at facebook.com slash twogalshomesteading. Editing, audio production, and marketing of the Homestead Podcast is the responsibility of Media Transex. The Homestead Podcast is an audio product of Media Transex, a limited liability company, based in Minnesota, USA.